Making the rounds of mountain film festivals all over the world is a new movie by Anson Fogel and Corey Richards. In the classic style of adventure storytelling, Richard shares his personal tale of three climbers in his award-winning film, Cold. It's a very raw, real look into what's kind of going on inside my head as I did a climb with Simone Moro and Dennis Orozco last winter on a peak called Gashburn 2. Ascending one of the highest peaks in the world at temperatures 50 degrees below zero, as the film opens, Richards can't help but ask himself one quintessential question. What the fuck am I doing here? We have to get down. Gashabram 2 in Pakistan stands more than 8,000 meters above sea level. For those of you guys who aren't good at math, that's above 26,240 feet. There's 14 of them in the world. Obviously, Everest is the highest. And nine of those peaks are in Nepal and Tibet. And five are in Pakistan. And for the past 26 years, since the sort of the the Polish advent of winter 8,000 meter climbing, all of the peaks in Nepal and Tibet have been climbed in the winter. But none of the Pakistani 8,000 meter peaks had been successfully climbed in winter. Going after this Pakistani summit through a Himalayan winter in the tradition of the great Polish climbers of the last century, Richards and his team, Italian climber Simon Moreau and Denis Yoropko of Kazakhstan, attempted to do what no one had ever done before. So when we did it on February 2nd, 2011, it was actually a monumental achievement and it's, it's funny for me to say that because I don't necessarily look at it in that way. That's not something that I think, but that's how it's viewed. And, and cold, basically, is a representation of, I think, what it goes on in everybody's head when they're climbing. They think about their family, they think about their life, they think about the doubts they have. And hopefully it's just a real perspective versus a chest-pounding, like, triumphant, heroic film. It's not meant to be that. Beautiful. Spectacular, free, but it's just so cold. At the 2011 Banff Mountain Film Festival in Alberta, Canada, Cold took the grand prize. Climber, photographer, and filmmaker Corey Richards also took a few minutes to tell me a little bit about his life making movies in the highest mountains in the world. I'm James Mills, and you're listening to The Joy Trip Project. And what's really fascinating is that you actually did all the photography yourself with a handheld camera throughout the entire expedition. At high altitude, that's a lot to take on in addition to actually doing the climb. What was it like to be able to be responsible for both climbing and surviving on Gashabram 2 and taking pictures? You know, it's funny because that's what a lot of people talk about just that fact that like that you know what's it like to film up there and for me coming from a photography background coming from a film background I don't actually think of it like that because that's 
that's just why I've been invited to go on these trips is because that's my job. So I think it's an added aspect, but it's something that's almost sort of hard for me to describe because I haven't actually, it's not a tangible thought process anymore. It's like, this is what I'm doing here. This is what I have to do. So I'm doing it. At the same time though, you also have to have the presence of mind to set the shot. Yeah. You know, to be able to, while Simone is puking on the summit, you know, you're there holding the camera. Yeah. You know, you're, you can't be on your knees. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weird because I, it's, so, it's so true, you know, and you have to, like, you have to go fast uh, sometimes to get ahead. You're sort of trying to be the fly on the wall. But well, what's interesting is you're also doing the climb. So at the same time that Simone is puking, I want to puke. But as a photographer and a filmmaker you realize that that's a very important and special moment you hate to see your friends suffering but you realize too that it's that's pivotal something's happening there in front of you and because you're thinking about all that and you're realizing that your own sort of sensations become muted you put that on hold you don't have time for that and now you're in the moment with you know with what's in front of your camera so now, has this always been an aspiration of yours? Have you always wanted to be a high-altitude mountaineer and photographer? Yeah, yeah, I think I have. I mean, I, you know, I remember when I was 18 and I was training to go to, to Denali for my first time. And, you know, I, I think I actually tangibly said at one point, I really want to be on the North Face team one day. But it, I, I realized, too, that I, I'm not a tremendous athlete. I think what I have is a sort of an innate ability to keep going in situations. So when I look back on the whole progression, I think, did I always want to do this? Yeah, yeah, I did. But it, I found my way into it through photography because I wasn't a great athlete. But over time, I got better at the athletic side of it. And, and certainly that's why now you know, I am blessed to live the life I live. You know, it's, but yes, the answer to your question is, yeah, I always wanted to do it. So where are you going next? I mean, you're now an established high-altitude <laughs> photographer. You know, you're the first American to summit a Pakistani 8,000-meter peak in winter. Yeah. So your trajectory has been launched. So where do you go from here? It's funny, you know, it's the whole, like, first American to summit an 8,000-er in winter is... I still don't even register that. Like, it doesn't compute for me. But but when you put it in those terms, it's, it's interesting to look at, like, the next year, how it's laying out and... So uh, I'll probably go to Patagonia this winter and work, um, which will be a, a nice break. I can spend some time with my wife, and we just got married, and uh, that's going to be great. And then next spring I'll go with Conrad, Anchor, and Jimmy Chin to the West Ridge of Everest. And then after that, a year from now, I'll probably go back to Pakistan with Simone and Dennis to try K2 in the winter. So that's sort of where it's headed. Who knows how that will pan out. Try to take it a day at a time, but at the same time, you got to make plans all the time. And I find that really, that's one of the most challenging parts of this whole thing is adapting to a new schedule that I'm not used to. Sure. Now, K2 in winter, okay, that's something that hasn't been accomplished yet by anyone. Right. Okay, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. You know, and especially when we're talking about, you know, for people who don't know, I mean, 
Everest is the highest mountain in the world, but K2 is arguably the hardest mountain in the world in terms of climbing. It's been climbed before, but never in winter. I think in the film, Simone was talking about how climbing in winter is like a lottery. Yeah. You know, and it's not always a matter of, you know, being strong enough or tenacious enough. Sometimes it's just a matter of how the weather falls. Yeah. You know, can you imagine, you know, what your challenges will be to do that climb a year from now? You know, I mean, one of the things I guess I want to say very clearly is that I, you know it's, it's hard to talk about these things before you do them because who knows like most likely what's going to happen is we're going to go and we're going to get shut down so so who knows but if we were to succeed or if or just going there and being there I think what's going to what's going to be the, the, the deciding factor between success and failure is like you mentioned is, is weather you just you really have to have a calculated approach to when you're going to climb, how high you can climb. You, you have to be very, very calculated because your weather windows are so small. And you have to sometimes start in weather that's terrible and it makes no sense to be climbing in. But that was sort of the key to success on G2 was having a great weather report and knowing, you know, sort of this is our only option. We have to take this option. If we don't take it, this is not going to happen. And certainly, I think it'll be exactly that for K2, but amplified, because you're higher, it's harder, it's colder, but it's definitely worth it. I mean, I'm very, very excited for that trip. So, and I, you know, the Russians are there now, and I, I, I wish them all the best of luck. And even if they do do it, I think we'll still go and try it, because with 33 people, siege style, there's a good chance they'll do it. We want to do it cleaner and more pure. Three people, no siege, Alpine style. Wow. Okay, that in and of itself is kind of mind-blowing to me. Now, you mentioned the Polish climbers that basically created Himalayan winter true climbing, you know, back in the late 70s, early 80s. And I don't know if you had a chance to read Bernadette McDonald's book, Freedom Climbers, and that's an amazing account of that entire era. And one of the things that she told me when I interviewed her earlier this week is that the Polish experience post-World War II, post-Soviet occupation, through the Solidarity Movement, circumstances at home Mm -hmm. were pretty tough, and so that it created a very tough mentality among the Polish people, and by extension, Polish climbers. I'm just going to say it. Are you tough enough to climb K2 in winter? Yeah, I am. But again, I think what the Polish had was innate tenacity because of situations at home, like you're talking about. And the word tough is attached to them. But I don't think at the time they would think of themselves that way. Or maybe they did. But I certainly don't think of myself that way. I think of myself as having the ability based on my history as well. You know, like I was a high school dropout. I was born to fight against the system, whatever that system is, simply because that's my personality. If somebody, a superior or, you know, an authority figure told me to do something, my instant response was to give them the middle finger. That was just me. And, and because of that time period where I dropped out, where I was a complete screw-up, I had to fight very hard against everything. And it was during that time that I think my brain developed its fortitude to say, okay, you know, yeah, my toes are cold, this sucks, but it could be a lot worse, so I'm going to keep going because this is beautiful, it's a wonderful experience. But yeah, I, I do have that ability. But I think knowing your timing too, having the right psych for it, being excited at the right time and engaging in it at the right time 
is equally as important as just trying. So, are you going to carry a camera on K2 as well? Man, I don't think, I, I don't think they'd, they'd let me go if I didn't at this point. <laughs> no, I definitely will. You know, there will only be one cold because I think we took a risk on how, we, how, how Anson and I cut it. You know, there will be a story of K2 regardless. And, you know, hopefully we come back with, with having been to the top and maybe we don't. Probably we don't. You know, and that's the reality of it. Probably go and spend three months and not do it. But that's okay. At least there's still a story there to be told. And oftentimes I think the story of failure is, is more pertinent to this whole junk show, this whole community of ours, than success. You know, like, we want to succeed, but Steve House said this to me. And Steve is one of my greatest mentors and one of my best friends. And he said, you know, Corey, alpinism is 90% failure, and, and a lot of it is learning how to fail well. Fail gracefully, you know. So graceful failure that's a hard thing to to sort of think about but yeah it won't be cold but it'll be something the film cold by anson fogel and Corey richards is part of the banff mountain film festival world tour ask your favorite gear shop for local screenings and showtimes near you You can also see Cold as part of the Real Rock Film Tour, now available on DVD and online download. Visit realrocktour.com. For the Joy Trip Project, this is James Mills. Music this week from the Cold soundtrack by Gustavo Santa Olaya. Download his album of mountain-inspired music called Nanga Parbat on iTunes. The Joy Trip Project is made possible with the support of sponsor Patagonia. Check out their latest new media and conservation initiatives on their blog, thecleanestline.com. And special thanks to the Walton Works, whose underwriting of travel expenses to BAMP helped me to bring to you this and other great stories. Visit thewaltonworks.com. Thanks for listening. But you know, I want to hear from you. So please drop me a note with your questions, comments, and criticisms to info at joytripproject.com. Until next time, take care.